Good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Michael Talercio, pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 531 as we return to the book of Acts for this morning. We saw last time God deliver Paul uh, from another situation where his life was on the line. We saw in chapter 23 this plot to kill him. And then last time in chapter 24, we saw how he was allowed to speak before Felix, the governor of the area that he was in under, under Roman rule. Paul is making his way closer and closer to Rome. Well, actually, it's, it's the Lord who's allowing Paul to get closer and closer through a variety of circumstances. And today, we're going to see a mixture of some of the things we've been seeing, another plot to try to kill Paul. We'll see the Lord and his amazing deliverance of Paul and we'll see the gospel getting closer and closer to the capital city of the world in this day that we're reading of. God's going to do something amazing through his servant Paul, and he's going to have to lead Paul onward uh, and keep him safe as he does. And the same goes for us. If God is going to use us, he has to protect us and provide for us. And so let's ask for that in prayer because we don't deserve it, but God wants to provide it for his people. Let's acknowledge that now in prayer before him and ask for his help as we open his word today. Father, you are the one who has a plan and your plan is glorious. We pray, Lord, that we would get in line with it. Thank you that we can be in line with it even as we open up and read about it. So we pray, Lord, as we read from Acts 25 this morning, that you would transform us to be a people that trusts you more deeply than we did the day before, uh, that is more ready to speak your word to others, Lord, and that is more humbled, more thankful, and more peaceful as a result of knowing that your son is on the throne now and that his will is being done now and that we have opportunity to be part of that as, you, as his body, as your church, now. We pray that this would all happen for his glory, for our good. Open this word to us, we pray. For Jesus' sake, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Acts chapter 25. Now, three days after Festus had arrived in the province, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priests and the principal men of the Jews laid out their case against Paul, and they urged him, asking as a favor against Paul, that he summon him to Jerusalem, because they were planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus replied that Paul was being kept at Caesarea, and that he himself intended to go there shortly. So, said he, let the men of authority among you go down with me, and if there is anything wrong about the man, let them bring charges against him. After he stayed among them not more than eight or ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day he took his seat on the tribunal and ordered Paul to be brought. When he had arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many and serious charges against him that they could not prove. Paul argued in his defense, Neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I committed any offense. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Do you wish to go up to Jerusalem and there be tried on these charges before me? But Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you yourself know very well. 
If then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything for which I deserve to die, I do not seek to escape death. But if there is nothing to their charges against me, no one can give me up to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with his council, answered, To Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Now when some days had passed, Agrippa the king and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and greeted Festus. And as they stayed there many days, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man left prisoner by Felix. And when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews laid out their case against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered them that it was not the custom of the Romans to give up anyone before the accused met the accusers face to face and had opportunity to make his defense concerning the charge laid against him. So when they came together here, I made no delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought. When the accusers stood up, they brought no charge in his case of such evils as I supposed. Rather, they had certain points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a certain Jesus who was dead, but whom Paul asserted to be alive. Being at a loss how to investigate these questions, I asked whether he wanted to go to Jerusalem and be tried there regarding them. But when Paul had appealed to be kept in custody for the decision of the emperor, I ordered him to be held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, said he, you will hear him. So on the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp, and they entered the audience hall with the military tribunes and the prominent men of the city. Then, at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man about whom the whole Jewish people petitioned me, both in Jerusalem and here, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had done nothing deserving death. And as he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to go ahead and send him. But I have nothing definite to write to my lord about him. Therefore, I have brought him before you all, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that after we have examined him, I may have something to write. For it seems to me unreasonable in sending a prisoner not to indicate the charges against him. What a chapter. I, there's just something about chapter 25 of Acts that I love. I love how God uses this man, Festus, to protect Paul, uh, based on principles of Roman law that are good principles, even though Roman law is not a definitively Christian legislation or set of, set of rules, set of regulations, uh, God was protecting Paul in his day by using a good law that the, the Romans had where they would uh, not charge anybody with a crime until they could at least hear the accusations from the accusers and hear a defense from that person. Uh, that's, a, that's a godly thing. We see that kind of law uh, way back in the Old Testament, the way that the Jews were to operate according to the Lord's word. Uh, they needed at least two witnesses against somebody. Not even a single witness uh, was enough to bring an accusation against somebody formally. And so we're seeing God provide uh, for Paul. And he's providing such that Paul can bring the gospel in future chapters here to Rome, as we've said. We see also this uh, 
just the way that even apart from law, just actual wisdom is with Festus. God had granted him wisdom uh, with his plan here in verses one through, through five. Uh, it could have been that Paul would have been killed on the way uh, as the, the Jews were asking for Paul to be transported. This was like a mirroring of what they tried to do back in chapter 23 while he was on, they, they had hoped that while Paul was in transport, they would be able to just kind of accost him and, and kill him. Uh, but God, again, through just kind of the, the plan here, just the general plan, the travel plans of Festus, uh, God thwarts that plan yet again and protects his servant. It's just a, a chapter full of God uh, behind the scenes providing for his servant Paul and really for humanity. Because Paul is going toward Rome because that's God's plan for him. He's, he's bringing Paul toward Rome so that the gospel could go forth from Rome. And every step of the way, God is protecting him and he's providing for him. And in this chapter, we're going to see that Paul appeals in verse 12. Uh, he appeals to Caesar, at least this is what Festus says, to Caesar you have appealed, to Caesar you shall go. Uh, Paul is innocent. And because of this, he, 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 does, he knows he just does not want to go back to Jerusalem. Uh, and so he is going toward Caesar. He's going toward Rome, appealing to Caesar. And we're going to find in the next chapter uh, that Agrippa, after he hears the testimony, is going to issue this word and say, oh man, this guy could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. And there's going to be that moment where we're going to feel like, oh, if Paul only hadn't appealed to Caesar, he would have been free from this. But this is part of God's plan for Paul. Even Paul's decision-making, everything he does, everything he says here, God is using to bring Paul to Rome. Because once the gospel gets to Rome, it's going to go forward, forth to all the nations. Paul, uh, Rome was the capital country of the world in a way, and it had inroads, literally, we know the Roman roads. It had, it had means whereby uh, something that was prominent in Rome, um, because of their influence, it could go forward to, to the rest of the world. God is behind this plan, and he is securing his servant, Paul. And that is the same story that each one of us can tell ourselves as well, that God is our support, and he has secured each one of those who come to him through the same person that Paul came to God, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to Paul, and Paul submitted to Christ. And if you or I, if, if we have, then we are in Christ as well and we are subject to that same God and we are uh, granted the same rights and privileges, the same safety, the same security that Paul has in chapter 25 of Acts. Now that doesn't mean that God will never let a bad thing, a bad physical thing happen to us, that we will never experience any sort of material loss in any way. That's not what this means. What it means is we are, if we are in Christ, we are in God's greater plan. And as one pastor uh, that I uh, know and love once said when preaching through this book, uh, God's great plan for you is for you to be part of God's great plan. And God's great plan is Christ Jesus and the salvation of human beings all throughout the world. 
So we can go to God now in thankfulness that he is preserving and securing his people, every one of them, like we read of in today's passage in this specific way with Paul, he's doing that spiritually for every one of his people. And we can thank him for that in prayer now. We can come under Jesus's lordship. And by God's grace, we'll testify to his lordship in humility and gratitude like Paul does today. Let's, let's, let's do that now as we pray together. Father, you're a gracious God and you have this glorious plan for your people. We love you and we thank you for it. Thank you that we can be part of it, that not just Paul, not just the Jews and the Romans in his day had the opportunity to hear this message, but every human being uh, in this world uh, has opportunity now to turn. If they will hear this message, they will have the opportunity to turn and submit to it. So we pray, Lord, that you would open up our lips to share this message with others, and we pray that you would send many more missionaries abroad, Lord and that the gospel would go forward so that people can believe it, they can submit to it while there's still opportunity. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his glory, the one who secured this reality for us by dying and rising again in the stead of sinners. Thank you, Lord. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, rejoice in Jesus today that you have a king who would love you and preserve you until he brings you home with him forever and you'll never be in danger again. God bless you.